0: Hey everyone, Tony here. We
1: are going to get started in just a couple minutes. Um, Can everyone see my screen and hear my voice? If you could, please let me know. I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Ann.
0: I'm going to try a little experiment today. Um,
1: we're actually going to talk about something that um, came to me yesterday and then use that as kind of a launch pad to go back into uh, some other downloads that I've gotten over the last month or so. And um, But I have my AirPods on, which I don't think you can hear anything them or that I'm listening to right now but I have this um music one very softly and it's from YouTube I think I told you about this a month or two ago about meditative mind and I actually spend a lot of time listening to this channel but um they put out different kinds of music at uh specific frequencies and um it's very interesting stuff. And so I thought it might be interesting to just kind of have it subtly playing in my ears while I'm talking just to see if it has any kind of an impact on insights that I get while I'm talking or anything like that may not do anything. I don't have it really loud because I don't want to overpower my voice in my own head (laughs) so that I can't tell what I'm talking about. But Just an experiment. We'll see what happens when we. uh, uh, There's the screen. I had the screen paused, Um, but this is what I'm currently listening to. Um, 432 hertz, which is a normal baseline. That's uh, the Schumann response, which is the common frequency of the Earth. And then uh, 963, which is a, a higher frequency that is um often associated with uh awakening and stuff like that so anyway i don't know if it'll have any effect at all but um we'll find out (laughs) so i'm going to go silent for a moment to get my backup recording underway
0: and um and then we'll uh, dive in.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Lodig, And um, for this session, I thought we would do something a little bit different. Um, we've been kind of going in a somewhat linear fashion through the various downloads that I've gotten um, over the years. But the uh, the insight that I got yesterday and it came back to me again today um, is very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting analogy that kind of sheds a lot of light on um, the kind of things that we struggle with and why certain things happen a certain way, or they don't happen a certain way. And it's based on research that I've been doing, not on anything like this. It's basically, you'll understand what I mean in a minute. Um, But as I've given some thought to this download, It really makes a lot of sense to me uh, once it's highlighted in a way that we can relate to. And so that's kind of my goal um, in this session is to share that with you and kind of position it in a way that could help you see um, how you approach things in your life differently or could approach them differently than what you currently do. Uh, so the download is this. I had, um, this is uh, not this past night, but the night before. Kristen and I, usually in the evenings, whenever we're looking to relax, we binge something on television. Um, a couple Sometimes YouTube or whatever, but it's just a way for us to kind of unwind. And what we've been watching lately is the show, The Mentalist, which hasn't been on for a while, but there's seven seasons of it and it's kind of cool. And, you know, I love mysteries and Sherlock Holmes and that kind of stuff. And it's very much that way, except on an intellectual level. And so, you know, we both enjoy the show a lot. And so, um, night before we watched several episodes and then I went to bed or while we both went to bed and over the course of the night I had a a dream or two that was very much mentalist like, you know, um, not surprising, right. Um, just watched a couple hours of it and then, uh, of course, what do you think you're going to dream? And so, um, whenever I woke up yesterday morning, and again, the same thing came to mind this morning. Um, immediately I got a, a download of sorts where I was told that our brains process data pretty much the same way that um, artificial intelligence data sets are trained, which, you know, I've been teaching a lot on uh, AI in one form or another, either writing or images or whatever. And um, you probably have figured this out, but whenever um, artificial intelligence is uh, trained to create a certain kind of writing style or a certain kind of image or whatever, some of which can be very photorealistic, um, it has to be trained on a data set. And um, that data set becomes the foundation which the AI draws upon. And so it, Will use that as a reference. Like for instance, the uh, uh, for writing-based um, artificial intelligence, uh, the the latest version of dataset that is used is called GPT-3, and um, GPT-3 has 175 billion parameters, which is trained on around 45 terabytes of text data. Think about that. How huge that is. And so whenever you make a request to the artificial intelligence to say, um, write in the style of Harry Potter, you know, like let's say you want to write fiction in the style of Harry Potter. um, It needs a data set like Harry Potter, uh, like let's say all of the Harry Potter books and everything from the website and all of that um, and then with that data set in place, which that data set exists, um, then the uh, the artificial intelligence can write based upon the words, the style, all of that, uh, that's included in that data set. So in other words, you're not going to get um, uh, anything that would be star wars related drawing upon a harry potter data set that makes sense right pretty simple and straightforward um and the same is true with images um a lot of the visual data sets are smaller but uh, like for instance if you want to use the artificial intelligence to create realistic landscapes like what we've seen in some of the trainings that i've taught um, The data set that the artificial intelligence draws upon is based on millions of photographs of landscapes. And so then the um, the AI interprets those images and uses that data to create realistic looking original landscapes. Same thing with uh, faces. You've probably seen the site. This person does not exist where on the website, the, uh, the faces that are there look like real human beings, except that they're not. They're AI generated and they're AI generated from literally uh, literally drawing upon data of millions of real uh, photographs, photographs of real people. Um, But that data set also grows as the software generates more realistic faces. And so it kind of um, uh, has a war of sorts back and forth uh, for the software to determine what's realistic looking versus what isn't, what's fake, what's real. Um, And maybe we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, so. That's essentially how um, the artificial intelligence uh, that we're using for images, for writing, even for music, how it all works. It's based on data set. And so uh, depending on like, for instance, let's say that uh, we want to generate a realistic looking dog that maybe is a brand new breed, you know, something that doesn't exist in real life. Well, we can't generate a dog based on a human face data set it's just impossible the ai doesn't know any better because that's what it's trained on and so then the reality that the ai creates is going to look like a human it's not going to look like a dog because that's just how it is you know it has no other frame of reference other than the data set that it's trained on okay so Think about that concept from the perspective of the library and how we as creators create our own reality, okay? So think about this. If we as humans spend a lot of our time focusing on negativity, negative things, you know, I'm a failure, I'm never going to be able to pay my bills. You know, I can't possibly write a book because I'm too stupid for that. Whatever the negativity is. What we focus on, we attract. That negativity is a data set. In essence, it's a data set. Okay. so if you're focused on a data set that is nothing but negativity, how on earth? are you going to create something positive if you're drawing upon a negative data set, right? So if you wanna manifest abundance, you have to draw upon uh, an abundance data set. That's logical, that makes sense, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, our brains, our belief systems, all of that is nothing but a huge computer. We are the ultimate artificial intelligence so to speak. Uh, Artificial intelligence works the way it does because at the core, it's based on how our brain synapses work and all of that. So it's exactly the same, except the much smaller, very much smaller version because the human brain draws upon uh, trillions of bits of data at any given moment. And so as a result, all of these data sets that could possibly ever exist all exist in a library. Everything that ever has been, everything that is, everything that will be, right? We've talked about that in the past. And so uh even like uh if you took the public domain data hacks course, uh which was a lot more popular than I expected it to be, but I mean really interesting, really long trainings. But you think about the level of data that would be available in the library, everything. Okay, what that means to us as creators, which is what we are, as creators, that the secret to creating what we want in our life is to access the right data sets, to give ourselves permission to access those data sets, or to put it another way, to align with those data sets.
0: Okay, okay. Like, um, I'm just scanning my notes. So, uh,
1: one of the secrets to getting better quality with artificial intelligence is um, in fine tuning the data sets. The more, um, the better quality of the information that's in the data set, the better quality of the output. Uh, from the artificial intelligence and the same is true with us Um, in some respects I guess you could say it's proportional I don't know that that's scientific Um, but like let's say that you spend 40% of your time focused on gratitude and 20% of your time focused on worry and the other 40% is focused on other things versus somebody else That has zero worry in their focus and maybe 80% gratitude and 20% other stuff. Between the two, just based on what we've been talking about here, what do you think the results are going to be uh, from the person who has no worry in their lives versus somebody who does? The quality of their data sets are different. So naturally, um, through proper training, same word as what we train artificial intelligence through proper training the person who has discovered that worry isn't going to get them to where they want to be and so they don't do it's likely going to produce a result that's different than somebody who is focused a lot on worry just using worry as an example it could be fear it could be anger hate fill in the blank you know for negative qualities and so um, To increase the results in your reality, you have to increase the quality of your data set. That means that you can't strive for abundance in your life, but focus on worry. It just doesn't work that way. Worry will never create abundance, ever. And so um, it has no place in our data set. And so, you know, it stands to reason that we actually have a lot of different kinds of data sets that we humans connect to in the library depending on what it is that we want to accomplish and we kind of phase through those different data sets seamlessly like we don't sit down and say okay let's see my car is really sucking right now so i think i need to get a new car so let me call out the uh car data set from the library like nobody thinks that way right it's just silly. But still, uh, in many respects, there's a level of truth to it because, like, you can't stay in a position of anger and worry and stress and freak out and depression and all of that. Stay focused on those things. And then imagine that all of a sudden, everything in your life is just going to perfectly fall into place. When that isn't your focus. Right. It's like you you can have an acorn, which we've talked about that in the past. You can't have an acorn which has all the data necessary to create oak trees with thousands of more acorns. You can plant every acorn that you find in your entire life into the ground. But guess what? You're not going to get apples you're going to get oak trees. You know, but you find, you know, an an apple, granny smith, red delicious, whatever, and you pull the seeds out and plant them into the ground and nurture them and all that kind of stuff. You got a pretty good chance of getting apple trees, which is cool. And so this is just kind of a a different way of spinning what we already know, what we already are aware of. You know, I mentioned earlier about what you focus on, you attract. Many of us have heard that phrase. Um, I've said in earlier sessions here about the library, about how um, what we focus or what we uh, behold we become, or, you know, we become what we behold. Um, It's all the same kind of concept. It's It's exactly like how artificial intelligence is trained on a data set. The more it focuses on that data set, the more accurate and effective it becomes. Same thing, works the same way. And so as a result, that kind of plays out in some very interesting ways for us. And
0: let me go back here to some of my other notes. let's see there's a lot of nodes holy cow all right so this
1: one is uh let's see this one is from um november 5th Um, I was asking about the current state of affairs here in the u s and um and was thanking them, whoever them well, i know who them is um, uh for the guidance and everything and they responded um Uh, in my statement that it's a new way of seeing the many are unfamiliar with embracing gratitude love mercy kindness etc attunes you to the higher vibrations you need imagine yourself on a cloud-covered battlefield in hand-to-hand combat versus flying in a high-tech jet above the clouds versus the earth is a tiny blue marble hung in a sea of sparkling blackness most are on the battlefield but that's no place for you And uh, so point of view. And uh, so I asked, uh, how do you see the current view? And they responded, uh, we only see the highest vibrations. We only see love and light. Your planets, all planets look much different when viewed at the highest wavelengths. And um, I was seeing a lot of different pictures at that point. with uh, dormant seeds getting ready to grow and all of that. And um, it was their next statement that kind of caught my attention in relation to what we were just talking about. Uh, They said many humans live extremely below their potential. They accept less than who they are and voluntarily give away their power. I think I shared this one previously. Uh, But that does not change the fact that inside, they're still uh, powerful, high vibrational beings shrouded in lower vibrations the moment they are activated they shine radiate with the power of who they truly are you asked earlier about our point of view we see shafts of light shooting up from your planet and more shafts emerge every moment imagine the entire population of your planet emerging into higher vibrations and allowing all darkness and low vibe actions and emotions to fall away There would be no division, no manipulation, no control. The silly stuff humans focus on and fight over wouldn't matter. All that would matter would be love for one another and gratitude. And I said, it seems like an impossible dream. And they said, it's already happened. Being outside of time provides a unique perspective that most can't see. You and everyone else has access to our point of view now. All that is, is now. What does human sight have to do with verifying the truth of it? It's not about what your eyes see, but what your heart sees. Those eyes can never be closed. Your heart vision is what allows you to see the highest vibrations, to see through time, to see the expected end result, to see the true self of others, to look through the shadows like X-ray vision, to recognize true reality. Nothing can stop, uh, stop heart vision from seeing, not darkness, not darkness, not evil, not death. You may not embrace that vision, but it is always there and always on. It's not this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's a powerful spotlight of radiant love and vibration. And what I thought about that was that, you know, if we are completely unaware of how powerful we truly are, and we're unaware that what we're creating in our own reality is based upon the data that we're feeding into our computer, so to speak, then we're not going to get a focused result. You know, we can't we can't live life status quo and expect crazy, amazing things. I mean, sometimes it happens regardless because that's just the wonder of, life and how things are but to get a consistent result you know um, and I'm not saying that you know if we figure out that there's some uh, anti-cancer data set that uh, we could immediately eradicate cancer from the planet Um, although I can't think of any reason why that couldn't happen Um, but we can't like, we are so not focused as a race of people, even the best of us, you know, um, whoever that might be. Um, distraction and a lot of things, life, you know, in general uh, happens. And that's uh, part of the reason for that is, um, at least for those who wield power, or at least think they do, is to keep us distracted, to keep us. Uh, divided to keep us um, in a place where we don't realize and recognize who we truly are and what we can truly create I mean I've said it before but it's worth repeating again here did you ever notice how um, like a really good example would be um, uh, four minute uh, four minute miles you know used to be that that was thought to be impossible i mean there's a lot of things that people thought were impossible flying you know Mm -hmm. things like that um and now all of a sudden one person does it and it opens up everyone's eyes to realize that wow well you know what maybe it is possible maybe we can do that and then all of a sudden like after the first person ran the um, the four minute mile all of a sudden, everybody's running four minute miles. well, not everyone because I didn't but um <laughs> but still you you get what I'm saying once the reality of this is not impossible um takes place in the human psyche, now all of a sudden um our thinking shifts, and it's like we didn't know we could run a four minute mile, but now we can. Technology tends to run that way. It's impossible until somebody proves that it's possible. And then the data set shifts. Now, all of a sudden, instead of the uh, percentage of data that people are drawing on that is uh, negative versus positive, meaning you can't do this versus you can do this. Whenever somebody does it, who goes against the status quo and says, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to prove them wrong they step outside of those data sets and start reaching for something else. They're reaching into the library because it's all there, everything. Anything you could ever imagine, I don't care how crazy or how wild it might be, it's there. It's overcoming those um, enemies, for lack of a better way of describing it, that's the word that I heard, Uh, Overcoming those enemies to sight, to be be able to see things that other people can't see, you know, which is one of my calls in life. Um, But to overcome that to where um, all of a sudden something changes inside you where you're like, you know what, I can see that now. I can see it. And when we can see it now, all of a sudden, the data set switches from more positive than negative versus, you know, mostly all negative. And so immediately that has an impact on what we do in our lives, what we can create in our lives. You know, if you believe that you suck at product creation or you suck at photography or whatever, um, chances are likely that. It's going to be reflected in the pictures that you take or the products that you create, if you even create any. You know, Um, and so if you think you can't, uh, I think I shared last week or one of the previous weeks. I talk to people during the week and then I have these and, you know, sometimes I don't remember exactly when I say something. But um, there was a saying that my grandfather always repeated from Henry Ford. That said there's those who believe they can and those who believe they can't, and both are correct. That's a paraphrase, but you get the drift. Uh, And so if you believe you can't, guess what? Chances are very likely that you are going to be correct. You won't. Uh, That's what we're talking about here with these data sets. It's just a different analogy for the things that we already know. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, you can't spend all your time getting caught up in the the news of the day. I mean, listen, the current state of affairs uh, with regard to the pandemic, with regard to the elections, with regard to fill in the blank, are upsetting. They're distracting. uh, And so on. But you know what? You and I individually can't do a damn thing about it. We cast our vote. We wear our mask. You know, we can do that, whatever. But to change the the belief system and the psyche and the control that's attached to those things at a national or international level, not a damn thing we can do. Other than shift our perspective toward gratitude being consumed by the news and talking about it and creating fun little memes and, you know, bitching about it and all that kind of stuff isn't going to change anything. It isn't going to mean that all of a sudden somehow magically COVID isn't going to affect your Christmas plans. Right. And so if we can't change those things at a molecular level other than changing our point of view of those things, meaning taking a position of gratitude. One way or another, everything's going to work out fine. If But if there's no amount of news that we can read, no amount of bitching and complaining that we could do, that's going to have a positive impact on the world around us regarding those topics, why waste our time doing it? Why spend so much time focusing on a data set of how am I going to pay my bills? I lost my job because of COVID. What am I going to do? Holy shit, I'm screwed, blah, blah, blah. How is that going to help you? Serious. Like, how is that going to help? It's not. Now, I get it. We're programmed from birth almost to think that way. Many of us are or have been, you know, and so to overcome, like in my case, I'm 58, yes, 58, so to overcome 50 plus years of programming in an instant, that can be a little challenging, no doubt, right, Um, but if I cannot worry my way into success, or stress my way into getting my bills paid or making sure that I have an income or whatever, why waste my time doing it? Like if it isn't helping, why do it? Unless there's something else that I'm getting out of it, which definitely can come into play, doesn't help me create what I want. But if I'm getting a feel good out of it, like attention, You know, yay, so-and-so responded in a comment to a meme that I posted about the pandemic. Who the hell cares? Right? Is that paying your bills? Is that putting food on your table? Because a thousand people liked or commented on a meme you posted on Facebook? Like, we
0: need to get a grip. Because our data sets have been all wrong, you know?
1: Our data sets have been wrong. We've been focusing on the wrong things. Our goal as human beings slash creators should be looking at how we can better increase and purify the data sets that we are drawing on to create the reality that we really want. There are people who aren't even touched by the current pandemic, not affected at all in any way. Why is that? because they were born with a silver spoon in their mouths or they have special privileges or whatever. No, it isn't that. Uh, And the the best news of all is that they're not special. I'm not special any more than you are, Um, which means that this information, like it isn't like we're doing something new. Okay like oh hey Tony has a really good point there maybe I need to start changing the data set that I'm drawing on well yeah that's good but realize it or not we've been doing this from birth like it's how we live it's how we're programmed you know and not to mention the fact that we're also tapped into a bit of a hive mentality you know the overall population we're plugged into that to a certain extent. Now we can protect ourselves from being affected by that. But, you know, like I've often referenced uh, T. Harv Vecker's book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, in his um, introduction, he talks about how we are essentially, this is my paraphrase, that we are the sum total of our five closest friends, which means that, um, you know, you take a look around at, who your closest friends are, the average of their life experience, you know, how they view uh, spirituality, how they view work, income, all that kind of stuff. You're going to be the average of those friends. Now, friends don't necessarily have to be people that you just talk to -to face-to-face. It could be, you know, some of those friends could be long-distance friends that you talk to on the phone. It could be You know, you chat back and forth on the Internet. It could be authors that you admire whose books you read. Like they could be friends of yours um, in the broadest sense. Right. Uh, The first time I read it, I recognized that I needed new friends because I, I took it seriously and I really looked at where I was in my life. And I'm like. Well, dang, man, I'm not going to get to where I want to be by spending all of my time with these folks. Not that they were bad, okay? It wasn't that at all. Great people, still friends with them. But I chose to limit my interactions with them. And some of these folks were ones that we vacationed with every year or traveled with on a regular basis. And um, an interesting thing happened. And I'm not sharing this to brag. It isn't about that. It's I'm sharing it as a proof that what I'm talking about is legit. As I pulled away from those people and started embracing new friends, something amazing happened. My business income started increasing. Um, how I viewed certain interactions with other people changed. Um, things started happening, and so now here I am you know, uh, however many years later from whenever I read that book, which 20 years or so, I forget exactly when. um, So now all of a sudden I'm in a completely different place in my business, in my income, all of that. They are in the same spot that they were. You know, and again, no disrespect to them. They, they're they doing the best they can with what they understand. But for me, I wanted a different experience, a different reality, just like all of us do in some form or another. Um, it took me a long time. Like, I was succeeding really well in my business. Still am. Um, but before Kristen, like... My relationships with uh, women that I dated and stuff was definitely less than, trust me. Like, I seemed to attract every crazy woman in the entire United States in one form or another. And I needed that somehow. I was getting something out of it. I don't know what in the world I was getting out of it, but I was because it kept happening over and over and over again. And not that those women were bad again. Um, they just weren't a fit for me. And so it created a lot of drama, created a lot of stress. And, uh, it really took me saying, uh, you know what I'm done and I meant it. Like, I'm, I'm done with dating. Screw this. I'll live the rest of my life single and just have a lot of great friends and so on and so forth. And so, uh, after making that decision, it's like, you know what, I'm changing data sets here using today's technology or today's discussion. I'm using a different data set now um, and. uh Because obviously the other one wasn't working. And within two weeks, Kristen and I went out on our first date, I was very apprehensive and I told her straight up, I said, look, I just came to this decision, this conclusion and. uh you need to understand that that's where I am right now. And of course, now we're married and it's been several years, six years. Um, And things are different now compared to then. Uh, Why? Because I made the decision to draw in a different set of data. You know, even though I wasn't consciously saying, okay, well, the last relationship really sucked, Let's see what other crazy woman I can find. Like, I wasn't thinking like that. I mean, that's just silly. None of us think like that. You know, well, life has been sucking lately. Let's see how we can further screw it up. Said no one ever. But it's important to understand that this is a very moment by moment, living in the now, organic interaction where we are connected through life force to the library like the library doesn't care what set of data you connect to it could care less one way or the other it's just there to do a job it houses data that we humans and other beings can connect to through life force right or whatever fill in the blank you want to call it and so that's where, you know, you perhaps you've heard uh, spiritual teachers in the past uh, refer to the universe as like a genie. Your wish is my command, right? They talked about that in the movie The Secret. Um, there is a level of truth to that. But perhaps not in a way that you've considered before. You know, like I, I used to make this statement to my sister. Um, you know we we were raised in a christian home charismatic christian and you know all that came along with that and she's still very much in that zone um same with my mom and and everything and that's fine for them i mean that works for them and i have no issue with that at all okay um but my sister would make these comments you know waiting on you know uh guidance from the Lord on what to do X, Y, or Z, you know. I'm just waiting for God's guidance. What does that even mean? You know? Like going from a position of Christian faith, the God of the universe, setting on his throne, because you know of course he's a man. That's what we've been told. The God of the universe sitting on his throne, looking down at us little ants on planet Earth. Gone. Holy cow. Terry's not sure what she wants to do right now in this situation. Let me think about it. OK, uh, yeah, you need to go this way. Not happening.
0: Ever. Doesn't work that way. Everything that impacts our lives, has already been put
1: into place. It's a machine, like a computer. It's everything is already put into place, cause and effect, right? You do X, Y happens, cause and effect. You focus on and fully commit to and engage with a positive data set Your outcome will be positive. You focus on negative data sets. Your outcome will be negative. It literally is that simple. We make it hard. And we try to humanize our deity of choice. But honestly, there's no need for any of that. You know, because we, you know, we want to relate. God, the father, you know, well, what if your relationship with your dad sucked? Now, all of a sudden, God, the father is a mean person who drinks all the time and beats the shit out of us. How's that for a relationship with a deity? Right. So we have to move past this to a place where and, you know, if you want to believe in God and Jesus, I have no issue with that at all. Understand. But you also need to understand that what's controlling your life. Isn't some, you know, weird thing where up in heaven. Time stops all of a sudden. And, and, you know, Jesus walks up to God and says, um, hey, uh, if you have a moment, um, Tony's trying to make a decision on what he's supposed to do next in his business. Do you have any thoughts? And. Oh, yeah. Uh, good one. Um, sorry, I was distracted by the other seven billion people. Um yeah. Whisper in his ear that he should do this. Focus on artificial intelligence like no one else. I don't think is teaching on that in his circle. So that could work out well for him. Like, sorry, that just it's ludicrous. It doesn't happen that way. Now, are there voices in my head talking to me? Yeah, sure. I'll be the first to admit that. I've heard him for years. You probably have, too. It's called you. You know now. If you take the full version of you, which I think last week we talked about this some, I don't remember. Um, The full version of you, outside of time, 100% anchored into the library, do you think they're going to know more than you do? Sure, that stands to reason. So them looking down saying, um, no, don't do that course, do this one. Have you thought about this like we get that guidance all the time because we're all plugged in to the library we can't not be um even death doesn't separate us from the library it just transports us there in a very uh, much more real way right we're just not physically on this planet anymore and so um you know the guidance that you're looking for and the moment by moment interactions and stuff like just because I get those doesn't mean that I'm special. It just means that I pay attention. And even if you don't think you're hearing from a higher power or the divine or whatever, doesn't mean that you aren't. It just means that perhaps you haven't uh, attuned yourself to th- listening because you'd never really thought about it before. You know, there's a lot of people that have these crazy wild successes and um, you can't explain it, but it's like they have a Midas touch, uh but they're also not spiritual people, and they don't go to church or they don't you know read self help books or anything like that. and you look at them and like, you know what? I'm going through like positive affirmations every day, I'm listening to Joe Vitale books on audio. you know, I'm doing all of these things, and my situation is still sucking. They aren't doing anything and everything is going their way. Like, what the hell? What gives? Why is their experience different than mine when I'm doing all the right things, quote unquote? And what I found in my own experience is that, first of all, you don't know that person. You're just viewing them from an external point of view and making judgments based on your own cognitive biases. Based on your own understandings, so maybe they aren't following spiritual teachers and jumping through all the hoops and reading their Bible every night and all of that kind of stuff. And I am not, by the way, I am very much not anti-scripture. I, I mean, I it's laced throughout all of these writings. Um, there's a lot of wisdom there, but there's also a much broader uh, puzzle that we're all fitted into okay uh and so you don't know them you don't know the natural things that they say the natural things that they believe because they were just raised to be positive people you know so they're very grateful every day they take time and express gratitude every single day they make sure that they don't put a bunch of garbage into their minds by focusing on news and all of that kind of stuff And so as a result, they figured out that, hey, you know what? I'm creating the life that I want. I'm not going to have my life dictated by other people. Uh, On the contrary, you or I, uh, we didn't grow up being influenced by that stuff necessarily, you know. And so whenever we were kids, we went through a lot. Um, There was a lot of things that weren't demonstrated the best possible way they could from our parents or others. And so now we start to see the light, so to speak, and we start to embrace this enlightenment. But it's, it's different for us because uh, we have habits that we need to overcome, that we need to change. Um, or going along with our vernacular today, we've been plugged into one data set. We need to unplug from that and into another one. How the hell do you do that? You know, like, can you literally just make up your mind today that, you know what, I've been plugged into the wrong data set, obviously, because the reality that I'm creating in my life here is not what I want. So starting today, I'm going to plug into another data set. Yeah, you can make that choice easy. So let me ask you a question. What data set is that that you're going to plug into? You know, so that's a valid question. Um, And you say, well, you know, want more positivity and so on and so forth. Yeah, perfect. Great. So. um, So then that's where we have to start monitoring. Everything that comes out of our mouth, every thought that we're thinking and understand why we're thinking it, where it's coming from. It sounds kind of tedious, but it really isn't, you know. uh, there's been times where I, like autopilot, something pops out of my mouth and I think, why did I just say that? Like, that has nothing to do with what I want to accomplish. You know, so we have to guard our minds, right? Scripture talks about that. We have to guard our minds, guard our hearts, guard our lips, um, and make sure that they are aligned We've talked about alignment a lot for good reason, Um, that they have to be aligned with this data set, with what we want to accomplish. Because, like I said before, you can't focus on negative and expect positive. Just don't work that way. I mean, maybe you'll get the occasional positive thing happen, uh, which is great. It's like, wow, well, that never happens to me. You're right. It doesn't, you know. Well, I'll play the lottery, but I probably won't win. You're right. You probably won't. You know, well, I'm sure I could probably come up with a course, but I could never teach like Tony. First of all, you don't need to teach like me. You need to teach like you, but you're right. Right. It's understanding. Think. Okay. so here's this exercise. Think about this. Every time something negative or positive, either way pops into your mind, comes
0: out of your mouth, whatever you say out loud, you're right. You know what? Things have been
1: going really bad at my work lately, and I'm afraid I might lose my job. You're right. I don't know how things are going to work out for us financially, but one way or another, it's going to all work out. You're right. Like you start saying that, It's going to get your attention. You're like, oh, damn, (laughs) what in the world have I been thinking? What have I been saying? Can't spend three or four hours a day reading any news. Conservative or liberal. And honestly think that that isn't going to impact your thoughts and your beliefs. It just isn't. You know, maybe you want to see the ballots overturned in Georgia. Or maybe you don't. Either way, can you personally affect that change? No. So why spend your time thinking about it? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy, waste of thoughts. It's not going to get you to where you want to be. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I think. I shared a scripture verse and, you know, if you grew up in a church or whatever, you probably heard it before, Um, you know, uh, the one that says, let me see if I can find it here. I know I have it in my notes. I don't
0: want to misquote it. Uh, Let's see here. Sorry, I hate misquoting things. I have this, like, massive document (laughs) of all of these notes in it. Holy cow. It's like uh,
1: 40 or 50,000 words now.
0: Um, Oh, here we are.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, Philippians 4. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Like, you seriously can't get any more clear than that, you know doesn't say whatever is false whatever is hateful whatever is distracting whatever is evil you know think on those things but yet that's very often what we give our attention to you know and so we have to be stewards of our own minds stewards of our own hearts and you know what we take into ourselves because it's going to impact us if we're connected to the wrong data set we are going to get the result that that data set can give us. And it's not that the data set in and of itself is doing something bad or deliberate against you. It's a simple choice. Like, you can hope and wish that a duck will lay a chicken egg all you want, but it's still going to lay duck eggs, you know? And so why on earth do we somehow believe that we can focus on whatever the hell we want and still get the results that we desire. It just doesn't work that way. And you know what? That's a good thing. This, this whole process honestly should be the easiest thing for us as humans because we were created for it. Like we were given the desire to create. We were given language, which is frequency based vibration-based, to affect that creation. We were given the intelligence, the spiritual curiosity and insight, and the emotions to feel how that experience would feel. Like we're fully equipped with everything that we need to create whatever it is that we want. And look at what we've created like insanity, we've created insanity. There is this quote um, that I posted on Facebook, I think yesterday from Einstein. And uh, it's very interesting. I had come across it years ago and forgot about it. And then um, was reminded of it yesterday and it says this the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil but by those who watch them without doing anything and i mean that's kind of where we are right now and it's scary in some respects because not because it's happening but because we could hear that and then think oh shoot That means there's nothing we can do. We're screwed. You know, there's no way we could go against the deep state or the powers that be or the new world order or fill in the blank, whatever you want to call them. It's just me, Tony. How could I possibly change anything like that? First of all, you're more powerful than you realize because you're plugged into the ultimate database. Second of all, it's not for you to worry about. How can you make a difference? You know what our responsibility is in all of this? Like, let's just take politics. I'm not one to talk about politics because I refuse to be divisive when it comes to people's choices. Okay. You can choose to believe whatever you want, and I have no issue with that. Just please, for the love of God, don't be a parrot and repeat just what everyone else says without you doing your own research. You know, too many parrots in the world. but. That aside, I, I'm not going to judge you one way or the other. That said, from a politics perspective, we have the privilege to vote. Now, whether those votes are manipulated or whatever, ultimately that doesn't matter. Um, but and so we do our part. Fine, that's good. But the bigger responsibility that we have, the one that can literally change everything is what we personally choose or how we personally choose to position ourselves. And by, and what I mean by that is through prayer, through gratitude, through uh, what we just read, Philippians 4, 8, thinking on those things, right? First uh, Corinthians 13, what love is, you know, Um, Love is patient, kind, so on and so forth. Like when we stand in those places, positive vibes, positive frequencies. There's nothing more we can do with that. And our power becomes limitless. Like you want the the real answer to limitless power connected to the secrets of the
0: universe. It's summed up very easily. Love, gratitude all of those positive things staying in those places that's
1: the secret i mean there i'm sure are ways that parts of the library can be hacked i've been told about some of that but you can't hate your way into positivity just can't you know You're entitled to not agree with everything. I'm not asking you to agree with everything. Uh, That would be as bad of a mistake. But um, you can't hate your way to success. You can't complain, worry, stress your way to success. You can't do any of those things. You want success, you have to be success focused. That means standing in a place of gratitude. That means uh, committing yourself to uh, create value for other people. It means walking in a position of love and kindness. It means those things. That's the secret to success uh, in any area of your life. And so that's what our call is. Right? Pray for those who hate you and despitefully use you. What? I ain't doing that. Okay, fine, don't. But... Think about what the alternative is. You know, another thing, um, I'm going to share this and then we'll wrap it up. The other day, I was smacked in the face <laughs> by a library download. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to share it to be real. Uh, it's very personal. But I think that... Where I am in asking these questions is probably where a lot of us are. And so I'm sharing it from a perspective of helping you understand perhaps what the secret is to move out of where you have been into where you want to be. I mean, here's the, here's the reality. And this is where a lot of people can get hung up. you can read affirmations and read your Bible and pray and all that kind of stuff as much as you want. And you should. But if reality isn't changing for you at all, those things are not the secret. Like straight up your, your current reality is the result of the data sets that you've been plugged into period. That's it change your life, change your data set. It really is that simple. In naming it, (laughs) in practicality and living it out, that's another conversation. We make it hard um, because we don't want to give up things that are familiar. We very often, we don't like change. So um, this was on December 3rd. And hopefully I can read through it without emotion, which I think at this point is highly unlikely, but we'll see. So I started off posing a question. I said, uh, you said many times that I'm calling you to other things. On November 18th, you said, there is a reason nature is calling you and you know why. There is a reason why you're being drawn to numbers, to vibration and frequency, to light, to the ancient ways and you know why. There is a reason why you're drawn to fairy tales, wizards, and fantasy. You know why. There is a reason why you are drawn to the wisdom of the ages in the public domain. You know why. The resistance you embrace must be released. The objections you give space to must be released. The fear you allow within you must be released. Those three things, resistance, objections, and fear, we all have them. And so I said, well, I choose to release the resistance, the objections and the fear. You're right, I do know why I'm drawn to those things and you've hinted at certain directions for years. I'm ready to dive in. Very noble of me, right? Like I think I'm changing data sets right here. Uh, I can't not do it and I'm not content with my own status quo, but I do have a question. There are many things I feel the call for that I have resisted for one reason or another uh writing books videos product lines, so on and so forth where should i start next what's next honest question now understand i'm sharing this even though most if not all of you have invested in courses i've created so and i have new things planned of course but i'm, j- I'm just
0: being as open as i can the response that i got was unexpected They said,
1: you have held the belief for a long time that you are not good enough, not good enough at art, at writing, at whatever you put your mind and heart to. Yet there is overwhelming evidence that proves otherwise. You have avoided elements of your calling for so long because you are afraid that if you embraced those callings, the results would prove that you really aren't good enough. And that fear of failure has kept you trapped. Uh, This is coming to me having created 150 courses, mind you. Um, You have overcompensated in other ways to make up for those fears. Your courses are a good example. There's nothing wrong with what you've created in your business. If anything, it proves that you have what it takes. Remember when you were resistant to embracing photography from a business perspective it's deeply personal to you and you didn't want to open that part of you up to the world, yet you did in a limited way, there is more uh, you can embrace with that, which leads to an important question for you. So when the library or your higher self or whoever it is says that they want to ask you a question, I'm just telling you right now, you're, you're screwed pretty much. They said, you've been groomed to see differently over the years and have many examples from us that demonstrate that process. You also know and have stated many times that you are called to help others see differently as well. So why have you resisted doing and creating the very things that will aid you in accomplishing that call? It's a rhetorical question meant to show you that the real you you discovered in radical leadership in the radical leadership retreat knows What needs to be done and has known you're not called to be a weirdo guru or shaman. You're not called to be anyone or anything other than the real you. You have often said that you have in the past embraced the 95 percent of you of who you are and hid the remaining five percent from the world. Remember me saying that? I've said that a couple of times, I think, even in this training. Or session or in this series. Um, that you've hid the remaining 5% of the world, that simply isn't true. It's the other way around. Everything
0: you've accomplished to date has been
1: from embracing 5% of your potential. It's the 95% that's been hidden. It's pulled up inside you like a reservoir. And it's time to remove the dam and the blockages. It's time. You said at the beginning of this discourse that you chose that you choose to release resistance, the objections, and the fear. But what do you expect will happen as a result of that choice? What do you see as your responsibility from making that choice? think about that from the perspective of your thousands of webinars, hundreds of thousands of photographs from your current product ideas. If you accomplish all of that with 5%, why not find out what 10% looks like or 25% or 50% or even 100%? Can you imagine? It's time you do. Years ago, you looked up toward the sky. And asked, what's the point of creating a vast universe filled with unimaginable beauty and secrets if I can't see it and experience it for myself? I was about 14 then. Uh, whenever that happened. You are the universe and you are filled with unimaginable beauty and secrets. You have held the key to the locked door and your heart has been poised and ready to turn that key for years. Saying yes to it all unlocks and opens the door. Saying yes moves you across the threshold and into the unimaginable. You are ready. The time is now. It's time to give yourself space and permission to live the dream. You're ready. You're not alone. And if you think about it, you have already done it all. It's in the library. You're simply manifesting the wonders in your current reality with your sight and hope set on what already exists. Big point right there. Once you step through the door, you will see how the books, videos, projects, products, speaking, etc. will all fall into place, but first you must step through the portal into what you into who you truly are. You must step into the ninety five percent. To date, your flow has been through a small constricted pipe. Think about that. You are not called to be a garden hose, your destiny is that of a mighty flowing river after the thaw of winter. Trickle or flood you decide. That's huge. And here's the thing. I'm not special. This is true for all of us. This is where we all are. And what maybe you're at 10 or 20 or 50%, and that's awesome. Um I'm obviously not. And I created this graphic, I want to show it to you. If I can So me being the kind of person that I am, obviously on the audio version of the podcast of this, you won't be able to see this. But um, those of you who are here live, you get to see it. Um, So I created this graphic. And uh, it shows the difference between 95 percent and 5 percent. Isn't that insane? I mean, I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself. But based on what they said, everything that I've ever created in the last 15 years in my business, which is a lot, admittedly, was done
0: in that little 5%. Can you imagine all of this?
1: Just waiting. What I should do with this graphic is poke a little hole down here at the bottom and show it the yellow starting to flow out. That'd be kind of (laughs) cool. But anyway, so very um, challenging to say the least. Interesting that it's 11.11 at this exact moment. Um, And then I got, after that as if that weren't enough um this is just on the third so not even a week ago i i got another visual like i often get and in the visual i was back in one of those dome buildings like i saw in the dome city and in the middle of the dome, I mean, the dome was massive, and the, the ratio was pretty much like the 95 and 5. It was very much like that. That was about correct. Massive dome. And here in the middle of the floor of this dome was a woman uh, playing a hand-spun, uh hand-span drum. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Um, I'll show you what they look like.
0: These things here. Right They have a really cool sound, and you can get um
1: you can get um have them tuned to specific frequencies and all of that. I've been listening to some of the music um but uh, so this woman is playing this song. I don't know what the song is, but the sound of the woman playing filled the dome, and the music resonated throughout. And I'm still thinking through the implications of that. But one of the first things that came to me was, even though, let's say that the drum that she was playing was the 5% and the dome was the 95%. Even though the 5% was only being played, it still filled the, the, the dome. It still was having impact. And we look at that and we say, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, so I'm embracing embracing 5% of my potential, 10% of my potential, potential, but I'm still changing lives. I'm still touching people. I'm still having an effect. Yes, you are. And that's awesome. That's amazing. I can certainly claim that as well as you can. That's amazing. But imagine a handspan drum this size of the dome. Right? Imagine that. You know, people in their houses all across the world are like, what the hell is that sound? Holy cow, it's gorgeous. What is that? That's the level of influence we can have versus the level of influence that we choose to have.
0: Okay. And well, I don't know how to be the other 95%. I don't either. Other than saying yes and standing in gratitude,
1: One thing that I've discovered,
0: the more I've dug into these library chronicles, you know, I think
1: I'm going to get into all of these cool things like how can I create a teleportation device or some crazy thing like that, right? (laughs) And the one thing that I discover is the more I dig into it and the more I see what our potential is as human beings and, and all that. is the reality of how simple it all is. It's like the, the deeper I dig, I expect to find these really hard, impossible, challenging things that the average human being just can't possibly do without, you know, spending 40 years in silence and meditation, you know, uh, tucked away somewhere in a mountain. And it just isn't that. I mean, for some people, perhaps are, they're called to, to do that. But, you know, we're all plugged in. So that's step number one, done. We don't even have to do anything more. We're, I mean, as far as taking a first step, first step's already been taken. But the deeper I dig into the reality of what it truly means to live life in the context of the library the more simple it becomes, the more easy it appears. And then I find myself constantly in this state of why in the world am I making this so hard? We all do that in one form or another. We make it so hard. You know, it's like the, you know, like the joke of, you know, us patting ourselves on the, Head and rubbing our belly and jumping up and down while twirling a hula hoop around our waist. Like it's almost like our view of spirituality is like that. You know, and God forbid you jump on a stone or something, or it starts to rain or whatever. But it really isn't that. We have the power of free will. We can make a choice with that choice being yes or no if it's not us. No one else can dictate who you're supposed to be in life. They can give insight, guidance, all of those kinds of things. But only you know, right? Only you know. Maybe you don't think you know, but you know. Um, So say
0: yes, love one another, give thanks. Thanks. Those three things change everything, literally everything. You want a divine trinity. There you go.
1: All right. So
0: I have some comments and such that I want to read. Uh yeah Jim brings up a really good point. He says part of the problem for humans is that
1: we don't believe the other data sets or conditions are available to us. The answer is to learn to recognize the other data sets and to believe that they are available to us
0: absolutely well put, yeah, and he also says uh belief is useless
1: without action with regard to achieving goals and results, yeah, I mean there has to be practical application. I think it was last week I shared a story about a gal that I dated a dozen years ago and, you know, her laying in her bed with incense burning and music and a pyramid on her head and all that kind of stuff, you know, believing for finances to pay her bills and she was unemployed. It's like, maybe you need to get a job, (laughs) you know? And I mean, I was still doing well in my business back then, uh, you know, I was happy to help her, but ultimately that wasn't a
0: self sustaining solution. (laughs) Jim says a frog in a well is ignorant of the Great Lakes. Yeah, no kidding. Can you imagine? Chris says, I'm
1: focused if you count juggling 70,000 things in interest around at once. Well, I'm glad that you said that because let me let me say something about that. Like, I get it. I understand. You know, I've been outlining next year's courses and stuff. Um, I don't know how many I have right now. 18 or so. Not that they will all necessarily get taught, but it's just how my brain works. And. um so i get it i understand it but here's here's a discovery that i made that i think might help with that because a lot of us creatives i mean we're creators for crying out loud we are created that way so we can't help ourselves but get ideas you know i mean for me if i shut my mind down for five minutes holy cow you know three new businesses and so um but I discovered a little something because of this library experience that is very interesting and has helped me immensely. And that is that even though we have a lot of interests, in many cases, there are the it's like I have a picture. So let me try to explain the picture. So it's like um they, it seems like there's no connection to them at all. Like they're just all random, 70,000 random things and interest spinning around in our head. But the reality is that there is a subset of those 70,000 things, using your example, that have like these filaments that are attached that are connected to other things. And so whenever you filter out the, uh, the data that isn't connected, these other things all of a sudden you see this pattern of things that seemingly aren't related but yet they are and when when you start filtering through the data uh, to solely those things that are related I mean like listen working with AI software you wouldn't think would be connected to book publishing necessarily although you can use it to write or for illustrations or whatever but yet you know they're at opposite ends of the the equation but yet they're still connected uh for me that uh connector um to to help me filter we could call it a filter but uh the connector or the filter for me was how does this aligned how does this align to storytelling Which Many of us could use that filter because everything is, excuse me, everything is story, right? But how does this align to storytelling? The story that I'm called to tell, um, you know, whether it's through genealogy or, you know, uh, creating custom fabric or whatever. Like, how does that fit into storytelling for me? And if it doesn't, it's an easy filter, you know, like Facebook ads. I'll never take teach on Facebook ads ever. Not that I don't run them, I do. Not that I don't benefit from them, I do. But I'll never teach on it because it doesn't fit into my personal story. You know, books, illustration, you know, product creation, those kinds of things. It isn't that. It's something completely different. But yet there's other people that they're like hardcore down on it. You know, they've got all kinds of methods for driving traffic. They're teaching on Facebook ads They're teaching on Google AdWords. They're teaching on using apps to tap into messenger and all this kind of stuff. I use some of that technology, but it just doesn't fit me. You know, I could get excited about it even, but to actually bring it to fruition, it doesn't fit. Um, And so that is the thing. Like, You don't want to focus on, okay, so which of the 70,000 things should I focus on next? That's the wrong question. The right question is. What is my story that needs to be told? And the answer to that question gives you the ability to filter down through all the 70,000 things and pitch everything that doesn't uh, align to that. That's the secret. And I didn't understand this concept until recently. You know, I've talked about how to, you know. Deal with shiny object syndrome, but I didn't truly understand it until more recently. You know, I I remember just the other day. I announced to Kristen, I finally figured everything out. I'm called to be a storyteller. And she looked at me half disgusted, like, you think And I'm like, well, I mean, I know I've been teaching on that and all that, but that's who I am. She's like, I'm sure everybody who knows you could have told you that already. And it is an obvious thing, but it clicked inside me in a very real way that I can't not see that now. And so now it's just a simple filter. Like. Oh, yeah, that don't align with where I'm heading. So
0: eh, as
1: cool as it is,
0: it's not for me. So that's what you want to be thinking about. Uh, Jim says, don't ask,
1: why did it happen? Focus on how can I make it better? Exactly. Lori says, waiting for God's guidance, that phrase has driven me nuts. Uh, Get up off your ass and work for what you want. Quit being so passive, indecisive, and and a lazy victim. Amen, sister. Exactly it. I remember, (laughs) I think I told this story before. I don't know if it was in this context or not. But uh, years ago, you know, I was in church leadership, and I spoke every Sunday, and um I was involved with the worship team as a sound engineer because, I mean, I play drums, but, you know, no desire to do that on a worship team or whatever. Uh, And so we were we were having a a prayer service of sorts. It was the leadership and the worship team together. And we were praying for the church and all of that, which is appropriate. Right. Makes sense. And um, I'm standing there and one of the other leaders was praying. He's the head of the worship team and also in the main leadership. And he said something to the effect of, and I'm not saying this to make fun of him, I just rather to make a point that aligns with what Laurie shared. He said something to the effect of, you know, God, you know, we're standing here before you as humble servants asking for you to come down and give us a passion for the lost. Right. And I'm standing there thinking, what in the world are you talking about? And I interrupted his prayer because that's just kind of how I am. (laughs) Some would say smart ass. I would say focused. Um, So I, I stopped him and I interrupted him. And I said, let me ask you a question. You just ask God to come down and give us a passion for the lost, Right and he's like yes doesn't the bible say go into all the world and preach the good news like we've already been told what to do why are you asking uh i really thought about it that way and i said let me reinterpret your prayer it's like okay i can't believe i did this but you know it's not the worst thing i ever did in church I said, essentially what you're praying is, God, please come down and kick us in the butt to get us to do what we already know we're supposed to do. I said, is that about right? <laughs> he kind of looked up at me sheepishly because I embarrassed him and I apologized for that. But he's like, yeah. And I said, look, folks, we need to change how we're praying because these kind of prayers aren't gonna get it done. You know, it's great to pray and we need to do that and get vision, but we also need to walk out that vision. And that's as true for us here in this setting as it was back then years ago. You know, scripture says without a vision, people perish. Boom, you don't say, oh yeah, well the Bible says, doesn't matter, that is a fact. It's a spiritual principle that we are all guided by. And it really is a, just a different way of saying what I just said regarding Chris's comment. Without a vision, people perish. The vision for me is storytelling. Like I've known that, but I haven't known it. You know what I mean? Like owned it. That's probably the best way of saying it. I've known it, but I haven't owned it. I might make a cool t-shirt actually. But anyway. Um, and so The vision exists. I have the vision. And um, and that's really what all of us are called to do. So we get this vision, we get this insight and it's like, oh, okay, so this is cool. What data set do I need to plug into to make this thing work?
0: And then, boom, uh, plug into it. Uh, Carol says, if thoughts are something, then why isn't thinking of particular outcomes wanted
1: in Georgia something that we can do? OK, so think about it this way. <clears throat> and I'm going to use small numbers just to kind of make it easy. And I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. This is just the picture popped in my head. So let's say that there are 100 voters in Georgia, which honestly, there's thousands and or millions. And um, so we have the 100, and then we have another 100 of people who live in other states who also want to see the election go one way or the other. So Democrats want to see it go one way. Republicans want to see it go another. And deep down, they're very sincere in why they want to see the outcome come a certain way. And let's say that for the sake of discussion, that the split is 50-50 that out of the 200 total people that are legitimately focused and clear on an outcome, Democrat or Republican, that it's split right down the middle and they both want the exact same thing sincerely for their own reason. What do you think the outcome is going to be? It's 50-50. So uh, in a manner of thinking, which I think is flawed thinking, it's, it basically basically comes down to the political party with the most positive prayer regarding the Georgia election outcome wins. But that isn't the case. We've seen that in many other areas of life. Uh, and the flip side of that is, who am I to say that it should be one way or the other? I mean, yeah, I have my favorite person, but who am I to to say? So our position regarding that or anything else should be one of not so much thy will be done because that's just escapism, okay? It's another personal pet peeve of mine. Thy will be done. Yes, it's in the Bible, whatever. Um, Our position is what I said earlier. It needs to be standing in a position of love, giving thanks. Because it's not about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. It's about we the people. That's what it's about. And, you know, Republicans believe that Joe Biden could never get us to where we need to be as a country. Democrats believe that Donald Trump could never get us to where we need to be as a country. What if we stop focusing on the man and focus on the people? What do we want to create in this country? That's where our focus should be. And I happen to believe that things will fall into place as more of us are focused on that position to make that
0: become a reality. That's what I believe.
1: Uh, I'm just going through these comments in order, and some of you are still uh, commenting, and I appreciate that. Um, Kat said earlier, uh, it's common uh, not to want to take full responsibility for our actions. I know. That's scary, isn't it? Because we play these if-then games. Yeah, well, if that is the case, then that means that I am fill-in-the-blank. I am a monster. I am greatly underachieving and we don't want to face that either so yeah uh my cat also says thank you so much for sharing i can only speak for myself but i feel that there are others feeling the same thing i am at the moment everything you said is relevant and personal to each and every one of us well and i would probably agree with you on that because who am i i mean i'm just a guy you know I'm a middle-aged guy living in Pennsylvania with voices in my head. I mean, think about it that way, right? You know, balding, <laughs> couple cats. But, I mean, the big difference for me, because I only really know me, is that I listen. And, you know, because I listen, I hear things
0: i see things i knew things oh, i see dead people not
1: <laughs> uh lori says oh my god thank you for reading that it has spoken to me deeply need to write that down thank you so much uh you're very welcome as you could probably tell it's kind of hard because it's very personal i mean it's where i am right now but I've often said that, you know, something that has helped me can help others that I'm I'm game. Uh,
0: Jim says, don't be a butterfly, be a hurricane. Right. Exactly. Uh, Kat says, uh, the 40 years tucked away
1: in the mountain has already been done, much like the four minute mile. Now it's easy to do it in four months, four hours or four minutes. Yeah. Can you imagine getting the insight and revelation that some uh, monk or something took 40 years to achieve and you get it in a download in like a minute? Man, I feel for that guy. (laughs) You know, sorry. 21st century, you know, <laughs> whatever. But no, it's be when you believe that it takes 40 years to get the the meaning of life. Guess what? It's going to take 40 years. If you think you can get the insight
0: and the change in a minute, then minute it is. I prefer less time. Uh, Jim says perhaps your place is not to create the teleportation
1: device, but it uh, could it. Uh, be your place to inspire the person whose place it is to develop the teleportation device. Maybe that's a good way of putting it. Um, Anne says, which by the way, I did get all of the insights on how to make one of those in the middle of the night. I sat up in bed and spit the whole thing out, spelled it all out. I woke Kristen up. She listened to it all. And she's like, you know, that could really work actually. And then we both went back to bed and promptly forgot it all. So yeah, lesson learned there. Um Anne says this was inspirational and gives me a lot to think about and do. Thanks, Tony. See you see and hear you tonight. Yeah, I think tonight at um one of my subscribers request, I don't know if he's here live, um we're gonna talk about um Facebook groups. And whether or not you should be using them and how to use them uh, for, you know, like making money and stuff. Uh, Anne Anne says, I was just attempting to relate and filter what my interests are to regroup practically. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily come uh, in an instant, although it could Uh, for me because I tend to be thick-headed and stubborn. um, It just took me a... Like I've known, uh, chances are likely, you know, if you get right down to it, that's what I found. It's acknowledging it.
0: That is the challenge. That's where the hang up seems to be.
1: Uh, Margaret says, Tony, the storyteller. Now that's your
0: revelation knowledge from the Lord. Uh, Kat says, I hope
1: this doesn't offend, but in the situation of allowing a judgmental thought of a person being lazy, could one ask in a situation, is there a way I could help this person see outside their current parameters? Yeah, I think that's a legit approach to something like that. What I found is that some people get, get it whenever you talk to them. I mean, it's you really have to check your heart and and how you're approaching that you know like if you're out to prove something then it you know it'll likely just bounce off and they have to be ready to receive it I think that there's part of that sometimes people are caught up so much in their own shit that they can't hear anything you know it's like their ears are stopped but um I I've I've been in positions where I've been able to speak an inspired word to somebody Uh, like you were talking about, and it made a world of difference. I've also seen the opposite happen, probably more than not. And then there's been other times where, you know, I tried to say a couple of things. It just went flat. Um, So I just lived my life like local people that I was around. Um, And I remember one in particular approached me and said, you know, I've really been watching you. I've been paying attention to what you say, what you do, and I have to say it really has me curious. That's an invitation to say, well, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm doing. You know, because we're not that person. We can't obviously dictate their life. How could we? But if they see something that they can relate to that catches their attention in our lives and opens up the door for us to speak. That's when some magical things can really happen. That's how we can impact others. In some really cool ways. So it's not like we're going out hunting for people to prove them wrong. You know. I mean, listen, I when I was young, I loved debating. I mean, I was on the debate team and I loved it. I would go up to the Ocean City Boardwalk looking for people holding the signs, letting us know that the end of the world was coming just to talk to them because I thought it'd be fun. You know, it was a, just a fun time for me. Um, I knew that they were never going to change my mind and I was never going to change theirs. I just did it for fun. But that's not how we affect change. It just isn't.
0: People believe what they choose to believe until they choose otherwise. Um, Lee says, the image of the 5%
1: versus 95% is very powerful. It's a strong wake up call. I should stop all the BS messages in my mind and get on with taking action. I also really like the way you interpreted the prayer. Uh, you're right. God is definite, has already told us what to do in the scriptures, yet I am just sitting on my hands. I need to listen to this webinar many times more. Well, it will be available. I will be posting it. But thank you for sharing that. Uh, Karen says, unification of government is my wish. That would be awesome to see where government actually does work on behalf of we, the people, Um, but control is a, it's a tough one to
0: overcome sometimes. Uh, Kat says, according uh, based on what I was sharing regarding
1: the election stuff, Uh, the most
0: your device is offline to connect, (laughs) swipe down from the top of your screen, then go to settings network.
1: Apparently Alexa wants to be involved in this conversation. Um, uh, The most benevolent outcome for the good of all people and whatever that turns out to be. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. What she said. <laughs> uh, Lee asked, what are the practical ways to get out of fear of failure? Um, that's a great question. One of the things that helped me a lot, especially when I was um, first getting started and felt like I really didn't know much of anything about anything, um, I found that very often, uh, well, Okay, I have competing thoughts right now, so let's let's slow down and sort through both of them. So the one thought is that we have to be careful and aware that we don't set up scenarios for ourselves that we're guaranteed to fail in to prove to ourselves that we're failures. Now that sounds like it's kind of convoluted, but many of us do it. Okay, Um, And so one of the easiest ways that I personally found from preventing that, in other words, getting this grandiose dream that keeps growing and growing. And, you know, I'm going to change everybody on the planet, whatever, um, is to start small, to pick one thing and get a small win. And then build on that small win with another small win, because a couple things happen. Uh, One is. Whenever you get a win, even if it it could be the win could be as small as, you know, at four o'clock this afternoon, I'm gonna write fifty words. You know, it could be something small like that. And you actually do it. You write 50 words. Matter of fact, you write 75. Awesome. Right? So give yourself a small win and then build on that win because it builds confidence. It starts you down the path of. Maybe I can do this, right? And then, like the broken record that I am, uh, do so from a position of gratitude. Give thanks. It's like, you know, I'm really grateful that I was able to write those 50 words today. That was awesome. And I'm looking forward to doing it again tomorrow. And then maybe three or four days from now, you're like, you know, that was really fun. Matter of fact, I wrote way more than 50 words. Maybe I could try for 250. And I'm just using writing as an example. It could be anything. But it can't be the grandiose vision. But it is important to make sure that even the small wins, the small steps that you take are aligned to the grand vision. That way you're still heading in the right direction. But, you know, if you wanted to create a dinosaur theme park, guess what? Unless you've got $50 million sitting around and a plot of land and all of the tests and everything are done, ain't going to happen unless you buy one from somebody. So you don't start there. You know, you might want to start with why. (laughs) Why do you want to build a dinosaur park or whatever? But um, it has to be the small steps. Like for some people the notion of creating a four module course on anything could seem overwhelming. Uh, For me, I can lay the basic groundwork and have the entire thing outlined in the website live and everything in about four hours. You know, some people could take four days, four weeks, whatever. Um, But I've been doing it for a long time. So now it's second nature to me. It's familiar, but, Whenever I did my first live webinar ever, I was freaked the hell out, man. I mean, I had my business coach on the phone with me while I was setting it all up right before I went live. Like, "Uh, uh, I did this and I did this and I did this. Is that like right? I'm like, yes, you're fine. You got this, you know. So um, it also helps to have positive influences. doesn't have to be a business coach or whatever. It could be a spouse, could be a friend, you know, it could be you talking to yourself in the mirror, Um, but just taking those small steps first and and then building upon that, you know, Um, listen, I mean, if you're called to do something and deep down, you know, it, understand that there is a process of walking that out. You're not going to draw comic book level drawings your first time out of the gate. It just isn't. There's a process. You know, so um, walk the process. Understand that it is a process. Walk out that process one step at a time, and you'll get to where you need to go. Now, I am a firm believer, and I'm, I'm planning to experiment with some of this, some of what I'm about to say, over the next few months. But one of the things that came up in um, one of the downloads that I got, was regarding um, having instant talent downloaded in so that you don't know how to draw or anything like that, and all of a sudden you can draw amazing. Like, I believe that's possible. I have an experience personally. Um, my uncle did um, years ago. He, uh, when he and my aunt were dating, um, he wanted to sing in church and uh my aunt would play piano and he would try to sing and he sounded like a a squawk box like he just wasn't really good at all um and they would practice and she was concerned but she didn't want to discourage him and so she just kind of went with it this is at the church a mile down the road from here and uh so he he made a uh he talked to the pastor of the church and asked if he could sing the the next Sunday or something. And um, of course, you know, the pastor said, sure, you know, I can do that. And so him and my aunt, um, they would practice. Yeah, I don't think they were married. I think I mentioned that earlier. They're still dating. Um, They practiced and all of that. And she was genuinely legit concerned. He just really wasn't good at all. But he knew that that's what he was called to do. And he was very passionate about it. He wasn't good at it, but he was passionate about it, and he took action as really the big thing. So Sunday morning came, and it was time for him to sing, and he was ready. My aunt was nervous, so she started playing the piano, the opening to the song, and my uncle opened up his mouth, and the most gorgeous singing voice came out that my aunt had never heard before. And it just blew people away, moved them to emotion. And from that point forward, that's how he sung. And trust me when I say he had an amazing voice. Everyone knew him for that. His son, my cousin, um, is the same way. He sounds just like his dad. But, um, But he, my cousin, grew up around that. Like, my aunt and uncle and my mom and dad and another couple had a gospel group when I was a kid. And so they go around all over singing in churches and elder care facilities and all of that kind of stuff. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, I got tickled. And so I got to hear, I mean, man, back in those days I was in church more than our pastor was, but I got to hear his voice firsthand. And whenever they told me that story, I could believe it. Like, what? Come on. You know, but it's true. He sounded like a, you know, like a kid going through his voice change (laughs) before and the day of um, when it was time to sing. Just this amazing, I mean, literally amazing voice came out and he walked with that the rest of his life. So I know it's possible, but I haven't personally experienced it yet. Um, Lori says, uh, not only acknowledging your story, you need to accept it and be willing to start working in it and with it. I know what mine is, but I keep distracting myself and go off somewhere else. Yeah, that's pretty common, actually. A lot of us do that. Um, And the real key is to not take a position of beating ourselves up because we're not walking that out because we know it. But to just not put ourselves through all that extra emotional grief and just do it. Make the conscious choice. You know what? I'm tired of chasing it. I because mean, think about it this way. Why in the world would you want to not embrace something that you know is ultimately going to bring you joy and happiness and maybe money or whatever? Like, there's people waiting on you. I want you all to think about this. And I'm going to put this in a semi-harsh way just to make a point. And so this isn't directed at you, Lori. It's just directed to all of us. If you've been called to do something, whatever it is, the vision, the calling, you know, there are people waiting for you to get your shit together and figure it out. The answers that they may need reside within you and your vision, So who in the world do you think you are to withhold a divinely inspired vision and calling because you're afraid or whatever? Perfect love casts out fear. So people are counting on you to figure it out. And so it's time to do that. You know, just let go of the distraction, the fear whatever the case may be, and muster up the courage to say, yes, I'm going to do it. Because you deserve to be happy. You deserve to enjoy success. You, enjoy, uh, you deserve to have the peace of mind knowing that, you know, you're finally taking steps in a direction that you can really be on board with and embrace. There's no other feeling like that. And so why not? You know, why not just go for it? Because it certainly has to be better than the turmoil that many of us go through by not embracing that thing. I mean, there are certain things that I've been called to do for years that I had wonderful downloads for. I mean, incredibly inspiring that I got. Uh, excited about, but I've been too afraid to do it. What if I'm not good enough? What if it doesn't turn out? What if people
0: hate it? Blah, 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 you know? And so as a result, all the
1: people who could have been blessed by that thing by now
0: haven't been. And that's on me. So it's a bit hard, but
1: it's where we are. You know, we need to stop screwing around because we have everything we need at our disposal in the library. And we're already plugged in. We're already tapped in. The fact that you even got ideas and that you know what it is. Proof.
0: You're plugged in. Uh, Carol says, isn't buying into people or lazy,
1: negative thinking instead of just setting love and not judging them because you don't know uh, why they are not taking the action you think that they should take? Well, I I think that there's a balance in that. We can't judge others, period, at all, because you're not them. I'm not them. So how would I know? I'm not walking in their shoes, so on and so forth. It's more a recognition of um, others not living to their potential and um, us helping them embrace that potential through encouragement, love, prayer, whatever the case may be. I mean, it would be naive to think that people aren't lazy or negative thinking. Proof positive, just look at the world around you. But like for for me and the choice that I made with friends, local friends, I spent all my time with them, a lot of time with them. I knew how they thought. I knew what they you know, their beliefs and their commitments and like their goals and all of that. And because I've spent time with them a lot of time, years. And I recognized that I didn't want to be that way. And so as a result, um, in making other choices, which I did walk away from them, not from being friends, still friends with them, still talk to them. But I I have the choice, you have the choice of how much time and influence we receive from that input. I mean, think about it this way. This is a dramatic statement, but I'm making it dramatic to to make a point. Um, On the one hand, you have somebody telling you every time you talk to them, they're doing nothing but complaining and their life sucks and yet another thing has gone wrong and they, you know, developed a new issue of some uh, type or another and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Everything is bad. Everything is horrible. Everything is evil. Uh, And then on the flip side, there's another person who is uh, optimistic who's hopeful, who obviously walks in a place of love and gratitude, who's very upbeat and uh, giving and all of that kind of stuff. Who would you want to spend more time with? Who would you want to emulate more? The person who's bitching all the time or the person who's hopeful all the time? You know, I mean, for me, I'd rather be around the hopeful people because they inspire me to be better. And that's what I want. That's what I need. You know, it's like trying to take advice uh, on how to build a million dollar a year business from somebody who's making fifty thousand dollars a year. Do you honestly think they can get you to a million dollars or would you rather talk to somebody who is making a hundred million dollars a year? which of those two people do you think is going to get you to your goal faster? It's not that the $50,000 a year person is bad. That might be all that they've hoped for. That might be where they are right now. And a year from now, they're 10 times that, you know, so it's not about right and wrong. It's not about good and bad. It's about what, um, what's about service, you know, uh, Which person is going to serve to help you get to where you want to be? And how can you be that to other people? You know, Um, but ultimately, I think a lot of it comes down to um, the, the whole concept of casting your pearls before swine. And I don't mean that in a negative sense of referring to a certain group of people as swine. It's the underlying concept of that. So if somebody isn't in a place where they're ready to hear the truth about where they currently are, that's fine. Everyone's on their own journey. So uh, you have to be very selective in uh, investing the energy that you have, the call that you have, all of that, and the direction that you need to invest that in. If somebody isn't ready to hear it yet, then it would be uh, appropriate for you to determine Do I need to cut this relationship off right now? Do I need to just kind of hang in there and give a couple words of encouragement or whatever? You know, the scenarios are going to be different depending on the people, obviously. Um, But we are stewards of our own power. We're stewards of our own insights and wisdom and all of that. And I mean, like I have, I'll give you a real world example. So, you know, I teach a lot of courses on a variety of topics and there's some people who invest in those courses and they just, they like to learn and that's all that they ever do with it. I have no problem with that. I love to learn. So I get it right. There's other people who uh, go through the course. Well, they invest in the course, never even watch it like ever. And there's a number of people that are like that. Um, maybe in their mind, they think, well, I, can co- I, you know, I bought it so I can come back anytime when I'm ready. That's valid also. Makes sense. There's other people who invest in the course. They're going through it and they're like, holy crap, this is exactly what I need. And before the course is even done, they've already created their first product or whatever. Now, out of those three examples, is one more right than the other? No. People are in different places. My job as the teacher is to just present it you know i'm just putting it out there that way it's not my responsibility to dictate to you how you should respond to that training it's my job to present the information that way it keeps the responsibility where it belongs on the individual but it's not to say that we should just 100 percent withdrawal and that's not what i did with my friends Okay, it may have come across sounding like that. You know, it wasn't like all of a sudden I called them together one day and said, hey, by the way, you know, I'm moving on up in the world. So screw you guys. Nice to know you. You know, it wasn't like that. I spent a lot of time investing in in them and encouraging them. And the cool thing that I can tell you uh, in the decade plus that it's been since those changes happened is that uh, several of them figured it out uh, on their own. You know, because they sometimes I think you can be too close to somebody to hear things from them. But yet somebody else says the exact same thing. And all of a sudden you have an aha moment, you know, like a parent telling a child something versus a teacher telling a child something. Right. It's that kind of principle. And so I I think sometimes we're too close to people where it's like, oh, yeah, it's Tony, whatever. Uh, And I'll give you a real world example. Uh, Before I started teaching this are sharing the um, Library Chronicle stuff here. I reached out to several of my local friends who, um, uh, years ago I had done a series of uh, trainings. One was called uh, uh, the the Seven Keys to Understanding the Secrets of the Universe. And we're going back, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe. Um, And another one was called The Language of Spirituality. It was like an eight-part series that I taught live. And uh, there are some other things like that that I did. And there were quite a number of local folks that joined me in that. And so uh, when I was just getting – well, actually, before I started teaching and sharing the Library chronicle stuff, I reached out to these same friends who I'm still friends with, still talk to on a regular basis, uh, even now, But I reached out to them and said, hey, I've been getting these downloads Um, and I'm calling them the Library Chronicles and they're pretty crazy. It's about the secrets of the universe and all kinds of things like that. And I'm trying to gauge some insight into whether to actually just teach it locally live or to to do so on a broader platform like a podcast. And like, would you guys be interested in something like that? You know, and uh, I've been friends with these guys for a long time. Just love them. They're really cool people. And you know the response that I got back? It's like, well, I don't really have time or I don't know if I want to do it quite like that or it sounds interesting, but blah, blah, blah. And it surprised me, honestly. It really surprised me. And so finally, I don't even know if they're here live. Maybe they are. I apologize guys, but it is what it is. Um and so finally I said, "Okay, well fine. I'll I'll just do it as a podcast and if you want to join in, you're welcome to." And here we are. You know, but they had a chance to get access to this information face to face in my home. And they chose not to, which is fine. I mean, it did make me mad. I don't care, um, but it did surprise me a little bit admittedly, but at the end of the day, I think that this was the better choice because it gave me the ability to reach a
0: broader audience like all of you guys so so anyway, um Jim, tonight, I'm going to be talking about how to
1: use Facebook groups in your business, not just like
0: as a hangout, but like how to profit from Facebook groups. Um, Jim also says uh,
1: small steps become the fulcrum for
0: the lever that attains our goals. Yeah, very well put. Kat says, uh,
1: redefining friendship. You have been one of my five since 2009. Oh, I remember. Yeah. There's several from that group um, that I'm still very close friends with.
0: Yeah, I, I was really excited to see that you were here for these.
1: Lori says, download skill like in the movie The Matrix. I've always wondered if that could be done ever since that movie. Be interested in your outcome. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, And as a matter of fact, when I got that download, that's the exact example that
0: they shared. So I have no idea what that'll look like, but hey. Karen says, hey, guys, I know Kung Fu now Uh, from the TV show Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Carol says, I'm not talking about who you should
1: hang out with. I'm talking about you saying amen to the person who is lazy. You're affirming that it is a dagger of negativity toward that person. No, I didn't do that at all. I'm not sure what you're thinking. Perhaps it hit us a, a point in you. I don't know. But that is not what I'm talking about. I mean, I said that our position should be one of love and gratitude. So I'm not quite sure how you get that out of what I said. And the reality is that many people are lazy. I mean, that is reality. You can't argue that. It's not my place to tell them that. Or to judge them, I admit, but that's the reality. We all are in one form or another. Uh, Kathleen says, "My church taught that what we think is best may not be. So instead of praying for a particular outcome, we should pray for the highest good of all." Um, yeah, that's that's more of the approach that I take uh, because you know, we don't know all the dynamics that are at play, um, good or bad. We can't possibly it's, we just can't. Um, and I mean, it's, you know, we have, uh, I talk about this a lot. We have cognitive biases and it's not that they are right and wrong. It's when we don't recognize that we have them, that we delude ourselves or deceive ourselves in that, um, you know, just sticking with politics, which I do so very carefully, but it's a good example. Um, many Democrats, lifelong self-proclaimed, you know, Democrats, don't understand why Republicans think the way they do regarding any number of topics. You know, from um, uh, pro-life. Uh, or not to um, uh, issues regarding taxes and just a lot of different things, progressive ways of doing things. And on the flip side, of course, you know, uh, Republicans don't understand the position of Democrats. And then of course there's people all over the place in the middle, in between, whatever, now, it doesn't mean that Republicans are right and Democrats are wrong or vice versa, but it does come down to cognitive biases. So as a result, you can have a Democrat and a public a Republican look at the exact same situation and come to diametrically opposite conclusions for the same situation. Oh, well, they're lying. Oh, well, they're not lying. You know, or whatever the case may be. How is that? Like it's a, you know, uh, an actual event that took place. So how could one person see it one way and another person see it another? Well, that's because of our biases, right? So it isn't about right or wrong. I mean, it could be, I guess, but who's defining what's right and what's wrong? That's why right and wrong is a very sketchy approach to judging anything. Because what you may be okay with, I might have a big problem with and vice versa. You know, so. um, Now, it's not to say that we should all be just sheep and follow along like good little boys and girls. I'm not saying that either, you know, because government knows best. They should tell us how to live our lives. I certainly don't believe that. Um, Nobody's going to dictate how I live my life. Um, It's my power. But Um, when it comes to making decisions that way, same is true in the church and every other organization that's out there, really. Um, When it comes to making determinations as far as who's right and who's wrong, the only thing that you can do is take um, existing code, right? Um, Not dissimilar to what we were talking about, about data sets. Existing code, And look at a circumstance, especially with regard to politics, and say, how does this event align to this code? The code in this case is the law. Okay. in the church, it might be the Bible or the tenets of the church or whatever. So that's the only type of judging that we can really do, which is why we have a court system and all of that, you know, and so. That's our only recourse for us as individuals. You know, uh, it doesn't to me, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent or Green Party or like, I don't care. You have a reason for believing that. And hopefully that reason is more than just because that's how my whole family has been. You know, that's a cop out. That's kind of, you know, like do your homework, at least if you want to be in the game. But um, it's not for me to tell you how to think about those things. That's why I think it's important that if we take a position of what's best for the country, what's best for our people, um, kind of alluding to what was shared earlier, this or something better. Right. Um, Which is kind of how I you said uh, uh, the highest good, which I really like a lot. Uh, sometimes I'll say this or something better. Uh, in some cases, um, like if I'm being very clear on uh, a direction that I'm heading. But I think in the case of like politics, since that's the discussion, um, your approach is probably better—the uh, highest good for all. Because some people are still not going to see it as the ideal outcome. Other people will. There's always going to be quote-unquote winners and losers, so to speak. But most of that perception is in their heads you know so if you take a position of highest good of the country you know i mean you know you can get into all the conspiracy theories you want you know um and i love a good conspiracy theory sometimes but you know is this the new world order trying to be enacted into the united states you know or whatever um who knows uh i think at the end of the day If we were all like standing on some moon that's going around Jupiter, looking over at the earth, if we could even see it, what difference would it make? You know. So, you know, a thousand years from now. Is it really going to matter whether Trump wins Georgia or Biden does a thousand years from now? Probably not. So. Anyway. Anyway. I think our our goal really does need to be one of love and gratitude. I mean, really that love and gratitude. That's how we raise the vibration of the entire planet to where we need to be. That's how we move toward ascension or whatever you want to call it, right, is stay focused on love and gratitude.
0: Chris Chris says, I'm glad you're teaching it online. PA is
1: too far of a drive. Well, and I will just say that if any of you ever want to come to PA and hang out, uh, COVID restrictions aside, um, you're always welcome. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, Cad says Elon Musk just announced that he'll be accepting applications for his clinical trials of hooking a human brain to a computer.
0: I'm probably not gonna sign up for that, but you know, (laughs) it's interesting
1: nonetheless. I like Elon Musk from the perspective of that dude isn't afraid to buck the system. Like he gets ideas in his head and runs with them against the grain of what everybody else thinks it should be. And I I admire that. I admire anybody that's like that, that just tries to stir up the status quo. All right. Well, this has been a really long one. Um, I really appreciate all your thoughts and feedback and everything. And I will just kind of wrap up saying uh, what I shared today is my point of view. You know, Ultimately, I feel my goal here in sharing this information is to perhaps challenge you to think differently or see things a little bit differently. And I'm not saying that the way I presented them is the way you should think them. Um, I'm just sharing an alternate point of view. That's my um, job, so to speak, is to present that and share it. And then. Um, if you don't, if it doesn't connect with you, that's awesome. Just let it fall by the wayside. If it does and it challenges you in a certain way, I'd love to see you embrace that and, and what that grows into. Um, so uh, consider me just presenting everything that I have here today and throughout this entire series with an open hand. OK, like an open hand filled with chocolate. You can choose to take a piece or not. Um cool either way. Uh, For me personally, I need to get this out. That's why I am personally doing it. I need to get it out of my head, out of my heart, um, and uh, give it wings to fly, so to speak, give it roots to grow.
0: So I appreciate all of you being here. Um, Kat says, I
1: cannot express enough gratitude for all that you are sharing. It is absolutely vital at this time. Thanks, I appreciate that. And uh, Margaret says, thank you, Tony. Always good to hear your point of view. See you at 3 p.m. Pacific. I will be here, it'll be fun. Uh, Kat says, "You you have to empty your cup so that you can fill it up again. Yes. That's exactly right. Um, And Carol and Jim both say, uh, thanks, Tony. Thank you for sharing. And uh, Suzanne says, I'm glad I found you and your courses. Me too. You know, I don't take people who invest in my trainings and stuff lightly. I mean, it's impossible for me to travel all around the world and connect with everyone and everything, especially these days. But it's hard to explain whenever I put out a new course, which if you want, I can tell you what the next one's going to be. Whenever I see sales come in and people investing in the training or whatever, and your names pop up on my phone. It's like receiving hundreds of smiles because that's what it makes me do you know it just makes me smile um so uh what is coming next that i'm not sure when probably next week since i haven't like started with a sales page or anything yet um, I am going to teach on making inspirational card decks. That's a direction I really felt like I needed to go. So we're gonna talk about all kinds, you know, affirmation cards, mindfulness cards, motivational cards, uh, oracle cards, angel cards, you name it, cards with scripture verses on. So different kinds of card decks like that, how to make them, how to
0: sell them, all that kind of stuff. And Marjorie says, uh, we have so much drama around us. It's
1: refreshing to um, uh, to get these things, that these things are possible. Just keep your focus in this direction.
0: Yeah. And Kat says, exactly what I
1: need right now. Well, good. I'm going to hook you up then. It's going to be a really fun course. And you'll get to see some of what I'm
0: working on with these right now. So. Yep. Um, so anyway. Um, that's all that
1: I have. Thank you all very much for your time and your I uh, appreciate your time, you know, uh, because your time is valuable. And so to take time out of your day to spend it here with me and with the others who are here, um, that means a lot. I, I really appreciate that. I'm really grateful for that. So um, I don't take it lightly that that you're here. Um, and the same with your comments and questions and all of that. I really appreciate them. Um, and so um, that's all I have for tonight or today. Uh, next Tuesday, of course, we're going to get together again um, at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And I'm not quite sure the direction that we're going to go. We'll find out. Uh, But until then, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and coming weekend. And uh, we'll
0: talk again soon.